Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Pasted the league leaders here in batting and pitching, and I can see why you originally thought this might have been only AL <laughs> on the batting side. The batting is dominated by AL pit, uh, by AL hitters. This is wild. So I'm looking at Michael Brantley, 340 average. Wish he would play more. Shohei Otani, 31 home runs. Wow, <laughs> that's going to be a negative split. Um, Vlad Guerrero, 69 RBIs, Whit Merrifield, 23 stolen bases. Again, nice negative split there. Um, stay tuned. And Bo Bichette, 68 runs. You know, I got to say, looking at this though, is this a good stats, bad team scenario? Because the only team that's leading <laughs> is Houston here. And it's not because Michael mm-hmm. Brantley is hitting 340. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, that's no, not why not. Houston's doing well. The Angels nine games back barely above 500 toronto yeah is is a little bit above 500 but they have two teams ahead of them they got both boston and tampa bay ahead of them and kc uh, why i mean was what are we like great good job with merrifield i mean <laughs> yeah the, the green light the, the green light is on for whit merrifield apparently well i love the symmetry of vlad and and Bo Same. because vlad is right after Bo bichette he has 69 rpis Bo bichette has 68 runs it's like that's basically all the stats. <laughs> so it, you're talking about the pitching side. Not any better predictive. Not any more predictive here. Like these teams, these teams aren't doing well. It's not like it's not like San Diego's won a ton of games, even though Mark Melanson has 25 saves. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Mark Melanson with 25 saves. We've got Jacob Degrom with 0.95 ERA. Zach Wheeler with 139 strikeouts. Jacob Degrom with 0.54 WHIP. Are these guys all former Mets? Oh, great question. Did Melanson play? I uh, don't know, actually. The thing that I'm... So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this 25 saves. San Diego's only won 50 games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a lot of three-run games within three... Yeah. Within three runs. Yeah. Melanson was a, a worthwhile pickup for them, apparently. <sighs> Man, I, but that just tells you about the closer situation. You have guys who show up... Um, Melanson has not been a Met, but he has played against the Mets a lot and when he's been in Atlanta. Um, you, you have guys that show up and are professionals on good teams and they break in the saves. Yep. They've only, they've won 50 games. They're going to win 90. So what? He, so another 45, let's say that they've got another 40 wins in them. So he's got another 20 saves in him. <laughs> 20 more saves in the tank. No, it's crazy. That's so get probably just has to show get up. Get Melanson if you can cuz obviously it's going to be a save machine in San Diego. Well, no, that's actually this is a good question. Do you pay what someone is is probably wanting to get? Probably someone probably wants to have the same I think someone's thinking sell high on him and I'm not sure that he's actually a sell high. Like I think that he's 
probably valued correctly. I think that Mark Melanson could put up probably 20 to 25 more saves. Well, some, I mean, somebody gets 40 saves in a year, right? Yeah. It's, it always happens. So why not Mark Melanson this year? Okay. Over under. Where, where are we going to put the over under on this? Well, the, the I mean, probably 41.5, I would say. You want to put it at 41.5? Yeah. Would you take the over on that? I would take the over. So I think he's. I think forty-two is probably the right number. He's on pace for forty-seven. What about forty-four point five? No way. I would not take. I can't take the right. over on that. I will take the over on forty-four point wow. five. That's insane. All right, knock yourself out, man. I said twenty more the rest of the season. So, so you, you mean 45. it? You mean it? All right. Uh, okay. We're gonna have to be brief on this, but there is so much sport happening right now. You didn't even put. You didn't even put the Tour de France on here. Oh. Yes, I knew there was another European sport that I was... You, so your list is NBA, Wimbledon, Euro Cup, Stanley Cup, golf, Tour de France. I mean, we're just... There's no... there's Despite the fact that next week we will have the the only lull in the American sports, right? Where there's... Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, only, the only days where there isn't one of the big four playing. There's so much going on right now. <laughs> there's a lot, yeah. I, um, I had the one of the soccer games on yesterday and then it ended and all of a sudden there was Wimbledon. I was like, Oh, Wimbledon. I love it. And then I, I go, I, I walk into a, a spot and they have golf playing and I said, Oh yeah, golf. Wow. Sport is back after such a, you know, last year was so weird with everything being canceled. And then when it came, everything was playing at the wrong time. Oh, the other thing, if since since you're not in Europe, but if you were in Europe, you would be getting uh, Formula One updates. It's the third. I mean, it's it's. I'm looking at the the London Times, and it's the the third story on the sport page is Formula One. Yeah, I, I do. I give a shit. No. Anyway, yeah. If I I should have just taken last week off and just laid around and watched sports. Anyway, well, you had a proposal for what we should talk about, which is haves and have nots in TGFBI, and. I'm down for that. We haven't looked at, we haven't done any updates on what's happening in TGFBI for a little while. Stats have very much normalized. You and I, I think, yeah. are unfortunately a little bit metastasized into where I think we're going to be <laughs> for most of yeah. the season. Uh, but let's talk about the the teams that are haves and have-nots and what we can learn from them. All right, I added a new column to the correlation thing and you're to the correlation figure, and you're going to have to zoom in, which is draft position. And I've been threatening to do this for a while, whether to to evaluate whether there's any correlation with where you drafted and how well your team is doing. And if you just look in the lower left corner of this, which is draft position versus number of points in TGFBI, there's a there's a curve here. There's a characteristic curve. What? Is an R squared of zero? It's an R squared of zero, but that's because <laughs> a U will a U shape will give you an R squared of zero, right? Uh-huh. Because you're doing okay. a linear fit to it. I'm here to tell you that I think that there is, if we, if I reshuffled this folded straight in half on the middle of the draft, that you would find a strong correlation. Well, I guess we have to do that then. I think so. Okay. So I have a new thesis, which is seven, eight, and nine are the strongest place to draft from. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's kind of Hate so it. fair enough. It's kind of borne out by. By looking at by just doing spot checks on what's happening. Look, look at okay, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, so number one is number seven. Sure. Yep. But look, 
of the top Tom six Hernandez. of the top six, three of them drafted at number six. No one who drafted number where's the first person who drafted one? Number twenty seven. That's that's well under. Number two isn't that bad. Is that Fernando Tatis? So the if you look at the team for the person who's number two, which as of this exact recording is Peter Christensen. Good job, Peter Christensen. Uh, he's got Tatis. He's got Vlad Guerrero Jr. too. <laughs> he's nice got Shohei Otani as a hitter. I mean, oh, like, way to go. this team is like, you can see why. Ah, yes, I see why your team is number two. Good job. Oh, my, my guy, Ozzy Albies. <clears throat> I mean, it it makes perfect sense, but so, so I but the, I think that's a little bit anomalous. I mean, you can see that there's a couple teams at number two that are riding Tatis. If you look at the points versus draft, mm-hmm. but on average, you're looking, I don't know, to, I'd say 200 points higher at the typical team that drafted six, seven, eight, nine than the typical team draft drafting first or fifteenth. Okay, that's quite a bit. I mean, that's that is that's that a, is. That's a non-zero thing. And I think if you look at it, it correlates very strongly with um, with innings pitched. So if you look at innings pitched versus draft position, that also has this U-shape and at-bats. So I'm not sure exactly what that's telling us, but it seems to be saying something. Wait, like, say that again? So if, innings if pitched you just versus scroll at up, bats. No, if you, uh, if you look at innings pitched versus draft position and at-bats versus draft position. So in that first column, they both have okay. the a little bit of the U shape. So okay. I think my conjecture here is simply that you had a you you have a little bit more control in the TGFBI draft when you're picking in the middle. So you can you can maximize your at bats, you can maximize your innings pitched in the draft. Where that's the first order to to actually scoring. Is is having innings pitched and at bats? Yeah, I think that that's right. So the only you know, and then you can look at these, and then I, so I, I plotted points versus all of the other versus all the categories, so you can get a sense of what the R squared is, um, how important each category is to winning, <laughs> basically. Yep. Uh, and I think so. I think you can basically go in order of R squared and say like you have to you have to get this category before you get this category. So the answer is runs is the most important TGFBI category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we run down that the list, it's, it's runs, then RBIs, then home runs, and whip are tied, which is bodes horribly for me because I'm so bad on whip right now. But whip is inversely. Yeah, but you want it to be inversely, oh, right? Oh, it is inversely because, <laughs> yeah. yes, because you want a lower number. Yeah, yep. so, you, oh. so you've got, right, so runs, RBIs, uh, whip home runs and then you jump down to k's then wins then era then i guess it's stolen bases then average is the weakest one so oh average saves is saves one. is the weakest no one. saves is the weakest so one. we've learned so saves ah. saves and average and stolen bases are the least correlated. And those are like my favorite categories to try to Yeah, this is funny because game TGFBI. I think we both build teams to game those categories, but this is saying that that's a, a, a fool's errand. <laughs> and, and But we were fools because we, we screwed it up. Both of us have Aroldis Chapman, right? And he's been destroying our categories. Oh, man. Don't even start. Yeah, yesterday. We don't have Mark Mullins. Neither of us has Mark Mullinson. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the big problem here. So this is interesting because this says something about if I were to go and reconstruct a TGFBI team for this year again, 
that's the order that I should have picked things. My team also is horrible on whip, like absolutely atrocious. On whip? Yeah. I, I think that that's true. I, it's, I think we're going to see that more and more. That it, well, So whip is the number one pitching stat? The, num- the most important pitching stat. Even more than and case. runs is the most important hitting stat. I think that makes sense in terms of like at being the indicator of if your team is doing well. If your team can't get runs, then you have to be getting RBIs at a clip that is ridiculous. Yeah, the uh, Trevor Plouffe um, <laughs> splits. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm looking at your, you know, I'm Plouffe-ish. looking at your points here, your values right now, and it. I mean. It looks like runs is the thing where you're falling, where you are falling a little short on the hitting side. You're otherwise pretty good. You're pretty much on the on the slope. Well, that was when I was in when I was a top hundred team. Um, my pitching, I wasn't really that concerned with. So let's not talk about the, the pitching has gone the wrong direction. But yeah, my hitting, it was really everything but stolen bases. Oh my gosh, twenty five. I've I'm only ahead of twenty four teams installed basis nice yeah that's that's a generally a problem except for it would be a bigger problem except for stolen bases is not super correlated with success yeah so my runs are pretty good this is so annoying because we should have we should should have we should just punted saves not punted but like just go well no but but michael this is the this is the point is that if those are the if those don't correlate with um if those don't correlate could you is that an opportunity then i don't know i mean it's a good question because now i'm looking you know spot checking the number one team which is out of the parker john fernandez uh he's got liam Hendricks and edwin diaz i mean i mean that's pretty good <laughs> what else do you want from here like those are those are pretty so he's good an, but that means that he's an outlier therefore he's messing up the r squared well that's that is true that is true because i guess there's a difference between talking about winning tgfbi and doing being in the better on average <laughs> than than the yeah. than your related people and on in tgfbi and i i mean i don't know i think to some extent i feel like it's silly to set a goal of winning tgfbi because you're going to have to have some crazy luck in order to get there you're gonna have to have yeah you're gonna have have three things go right for you number one is that you're going to need to, like, your calls need to be really good. Number two, you're going to need to have a little bit of luck in the picks that your guys fall to you in the right, in a way that actually makes you make a roster. And then number three, you just need to have some luck that some guys hit that shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. So I think... And and injury luck, Ah. you know, and... So I guess, I mean, I guess... We, I should have caveated this by saying, like, all the advice that we're giving right now is geared at how to build a consistently better than average, probably top consistent top third TGFBI team. I think that's a reasonable right. goal is to shoot for, like, say, if I manage pretty well, I'm almost positive I can end up in the top third. Top 100? Uh, top quarter? Sure. Top, uh, top, I mean, yeah, no. But the question there is that does that undermine you for winning? is is um good the enemy of the great in that kind of situation that's a really good question i mean spot checking the the top few teams because what i'm saying on like i'm wondering if if maybe if you do have an average and saves and um 
stolen bases. I mean, if you're winning those three categories and then doing fine in the other categories, maybe that's where you differentiate yourself from the rest. Well, you only have to being average, right? You only have to stay on the average in the other ones. And then, I mean, this is saying that if you do have a lot of stolen bases, that it's a place where you can make up a ton of points. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking, I mean, but I'm looking some of these, some of these teams that have really high stolen bases have quite low points. So, you know, you, you can definitely overdo it and focus on, you know, focus on stolen bases too much at the depth to the detriment of other things. Uh huh. And the same, I mean, the same thing is true for saves. I mean, look at the saves plot is versus points is almost a scatter plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It, it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, especially when you look at that, like I'm looking at whip, you know, it's like yeah. right is, is Queen's case adjacent. And that just you see whip to uh, whip to points. And now that I, I am remembering that that would, of course, be inversely related (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty i mean that's that's pretty wild i mean it has the same correlation score as wins versus runs which basically says that it you know it should be random so jorge montanez sort of has this um has this team that we're talking about he's got because he's number one in saves let's see who does Mm. he have he has hendrix oh he has lizardo pitching um he has Hendricks, he has kimbrell jordan montgomery nice um kendall graveman jake mcgee so he really he really went with the best start of strategy here garrett cole oh, he must listen to our podcast i mean i love it i do love a good Shout best start strategy but i'm a little i am nervous about the things well so hendrix is on the second team too so hendrix is and melanson so it's obviously you know we know why these people are doing really well in saves. Oh, and Matt we Barnes, who had, a, who had a really good week. We both missed on Hendrix. Uh, we did. We did. Much, much regret. Oh, so the, the number, yeah, I mean, okay. There's there's a lot of saves at the top. So I'm seeing that there is a there is a workable strategy to get to get to the top with saves. The same thing's true. I mean, the the person who has the most stolen bases, John Fernandez, is the overall leader. <laughs> right now true there so i go. guess i should be i guess i should be a little careful about you know some of these things so this is what i'm saying is that you know to be competitive and to be like a really good blah team might be the enemy of being the great team that wins it all but av- average is not obvious is is not strong here i'm looking i mean if you just if we sort by average and look at the rankings it's not jeffrey tomich yeah, number thirty-one. It, it doesn't. Jonathan Gorin, number forty-four. Lucas Spence, number 60, 64. and Dan Richards, number fifty-nine. Those are your top four average teams. Yeah, I I agree. So average maybe, but that you know average correlates so pretty well with runs. It, yeah, it correlates pretty well with runs. So. You can see, you can. I can start to see where in the scatter plot the teams that have pretty good runs and pretty good average are on this like, you know, middling good trajectory. Yeah, no, I, I, I see exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, it's this is this is very interesting. And I mean, right. So we should also very briefly talk about the converse case, which we did spot checks before we started recording, and everybody mm-hmm. at the bottom is dead. 
Like I'm I'm not sure how far we have to go in in the overall standings to find a not dead team, but it wasn't basically the bottom ten. <laughs> all dead teams. All teams that have given up. And it's not clear it's not clear that they didn't give up from the start to me. I mean there there are teams that have so the leading team right now has almost eight hundred innings pitched and the, the lowest mm-hmm. team has two hundred and eighty eight. I mean, that's not an accident. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so I, I guess I find it more interesting to talk about the teams at the at the top than the than the have nots. I mean, I don't know. How much should I belabor the fact that I feel like my team is drastically underproducing and I just cannot get out of the low three hundreds? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I I mean you can you can try to I that's I guess what I was trying to say on the have nots is that well, I guess number one, I hadn't realized that it went I was thinking that like the bottom thirty five were dead teams, but it it seems to be more like the bottom you're in with a dead team. You're I know. swimming with a dead I teams. know. I know. I'm just bumping into dead teams all over the place here. It's crazy. But, the, but okay, so in terms of have nots, I mean I think that's maybe a better framing is that you look at my team and basically everybody that I'm starting is owned in 98% of the leagues. <laughs> so it's not like I'm sitting here with a bunch of like, nobody else believes in this guy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just have a bunch of bit parts and they just do not go together. No, nothing. Yeah. You're pretty good at saves. Yeah, that's that's what I got. I mean, my it's it is crazy... Okay, let me let me give you the serious number here. Yeah, so I don't I'm not starting anyone owned in less than eighty five percent of leagues. You're not starting anyone that's owned in more than eighty five percent. Less leagues. than eighty five percent of leagues. Everybody that I'm starting. Oh, really? Everybody that I'm starting is owned in eighty five or percent or up. So, I mean this this is my whole like like what the heck is going on? Like these are people that these are people that should generally be agreed, and I just. I just put them together, and they're just less than the sum of the whole. Which yeah, okay, that is it must be. That's that's very true. So I think trying to identify those those have not teams is really interesting. I I don't know where your team sits. It's not in the have have not scale. It's obviously not a have not, but it's not a have it's in the middle. Yeah, it's not. You don't have any of the any of the players that we highlighted. It's like oh well, here's why the number one team is doing so well. They've got Boba Shet and. <laughs> You know, and Liam Hendricks well, and mean, Mark Melanson. I've sort of, I've sort of been in free fall. My team has sort of been yeah. in free fall, but I feel like I'm, I'm gonna bounce off the bottom. Like there's the, there's like somewhere in the three hundred. Like I can't go below three hundred. I don't think. Famous last words. I also don't think that I can go to the top fifty. Let's see if I can double jinx. There we go. There we go. Just cover those double jinxes. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to convert you to a have, but TGFBI, you're either a have from the draft or you're not because you either picked those really high value guys at mm-hmm. the beginning and you called you called Bobachet's breakout correctly, you called Vlet Guerrero Jr.'s breakout correctly. You know, you either did that or you're stuck in the middle. <laughs> and there's no way there's no way to find that lightning in a bottle later on in the season unless Eloy Jimenez <laughs> comes back. <laughs> I'm I'm crossing my fingers, my man. All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. Marcus Semyon. All-star Marcus Semyon. All-star Marcus Semyon. Music to his ears. So first time, so he, he, I still think of him as an athletic. I have a hard time wrapping my head around him as a Blue Jay. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I know that he is, but it's... Okay. We are basically exactly halfway through the year. 82, he's played in 82 games this year. 63 runs, 21 home runs, 54 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, 286 average. You double all those hitting stats, and that's quite good. Yeah. Wow. But hasn't he done this a couple times before where he's been a bit of a tease? I think I think so. I mean, I think I think he is a first half, second half guy. I mean, he's very durable. Look at his like 2018-2019 seasons. So he's I mean, his his plate appearance pace is believable. Like 2019, last full season, 747 plate appearances. He's basically on track for that again. That's insane. 747. <laughs> That's so many plate appearances. It's pretty darn good. So yeah, he's batting first in um, Toronto. Actually, he's on. He's basically lead off on his 2019 pace in in most everything here, ahead of it in stolen bases. Even wow, why has he been so good at stolen stealing bases this year? His sto- ten stolen bases, one caught stealing. I did not get to see a stolen base. Can, oh yeah, we and that's <clears throat> that is if anyone from Baseball Savant is listening to this. If you could give me an opportunity to show random video stolen base, I would love that. Ooh, that would be nice. But I think that what's interesting, 2019, if I remember correctly, he started that year like on a pretty good pace and then kind of fell off over the course of the year from, well, I mean, geez, 123 runs is nothing to freaking scoff at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, I'm not sure what else there is to say about 33 that. 33 home runs, 92 RBIs. 10 stolen bases, 285 average. It's a really good player. He's, he's an all-star. Hey, now. I'm looking hey, at his... I'm I'm just glancing at his splits through... So he was terrible last year. That's part of why... Yeah, but I, I don't... Who cares? True. True? Hey. So, True. so no, he's, he's actually consistent run scoring in 2019. His... He had... He topped out in runs in September, but he also had a really good July. He had a really good June. His weak month was April. <laughs> I mean, sort of weak August. I mean, these are these are fine. So I think he's he was pretty he's been pretty consistent. So I think that we're we're saying he's going to end the year. What he's he's going to end the year good across the board. Is he going to be keeper level? Should should someone consider keeping him for next year? <sighs> I guess, I mean, the question there is, can he do this again next year, right? Uh, and He did in 2019. He did in 2019. He had a really weird 2020. I mean, let's look at his, let's look at his numbers, his, his percentile rankings. I mean, they're quite good. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. Not off the they're charts. They're not um, top 20 player. Yeah, but what, what are you saying keeper as top 50? I mean, what what's your what is your definition of keeper here? Well, yeah, I'm okay. So top sixty, so top five in a twelve team league. Okay, um, I don't think you want to keep him there, right? Even though he is, oh, you see, Berkeley. Wow. Well, smart. Guy I think too, he's apparently. definitely not the guy that you want to keep. I don't feel like he's not he's not like a real build your team around guy. I don't know. I mean, I think. I think you probably do want to, because he's he's a five tool player. He's on a lineup that is going to have Vlad and Bo, and maybe Biggio takes the next step. Sure. So then it's a f- it's a four team lineup. 
he's going to be batting first, which means a lot of um, at-bats because n- none of those guys are number one hitters. No. I mean, Toronto did the right thing going to get him, right? Because you wanted a bona fide number one hitter, and he's obviously demonstrated that that is what he does. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. And when you're watching him, he he's he's kind of he's like both kind of di- he's like kind of distinct but also kind of just like a you know the athletic version of a of a ball player <laughs> <laughs> i i agree with that and he just looks like the kind of guy that can go go out there and play every game well he demonstrably is the kind of guy that can go out there and play every game he has he has done that but you see him and at one of the comments that um that was made during the broadcast that I was watching hilarious to see a game and a professional game played in Buffalo <laughs> was, well, I guess it's easier to get into the all-star game at second than at short these days. That is, that says everything about what we're doing. That's here, a right? theory of the case of why <laughs> we're doing shortstops this year. <laughs> Man, he, he has a really nice swing. Yeah. For being, he's only 195 pounds. He was only six foot tall. He's got a, a, swing that looks pretty powerful little bit of pull not so bad he's not gonna be shortstop eligible el- he will not be shortstop eligible next year uh, i think i mean i think that decreases his value oh never mind he will he's got so oh. he's he's played 11 games at short so he's fully filling in for um bo bobachet more than more than I was expecting. I mean, Bobuchet does mind. not look like I take that does back. not look like he should be a shortstop full time. I mean, I know I know we've already talked about him, but the more that I've like, you know, caught snippets of Bobuchet, you're like, I don't know. I mean, Marcus Simeon looks like he should be the shortstop of the two of them, right? If you hold up the two of them, <laughs> you're like, which one of these two is the shortstop? But maybe we want him playing second. I well certainly if you're planning on keeping him less taxing. If you're planning on keeping him, you want him to do anything that's not as taxing. Keep him at second and then have him play. I mean, that's what's been great about Whit Merrifield is it's (laughs) like he's (laughs) playing enough games at second to keep eligibility and then he's playing in the outfield to not get hurt. (laughs) I do I do like that. I do like that. Versus a shortstop. All right, I'm loading up his player comps right now. Who do you think that they're who do you let's see, who's he who's he gonna be compared to? Marcus Semien. I'm not even going to try this. Trevor Story this year. Let's see. Player similarity. Jorge Polanco. I like I like these games. I think Story, I think before it loads up, I think Story is a good guess. Oh, hey. I go down here and I see the batted ball profile. Similar players to Marcus Semien. Jorge Polanco, 2018. Uh, Grady Sizemore, Josh Harrison, Trevor wow. Story, 2020. Grady Sizemore, somebody I had not thought about. Interesting, he matches a little bit. He matches up a little bit with uh, Kepler. Josh Reddick. He's a good version of, well, Jose Peraza. Interesting. Mookie Betts, that's never a bad thing. Marcus Dubon, not a good thing. <laughs> but So you're not going to keep him. I mean, you, you wouldn't keep him. Ooh, the player that he's most similar to? Marcus Semien. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is something to be said for consistency. <laughs> I think I would. I think I would wow. keep him. Okay. This is a good difference of opinion. I appreciate that. All right. So next year, will he be a top 60 player in 2022? No. All right. I say yes. All right. All right. We'll hold that one. We'll hold that one for later evaluation. All right, Michael, who are we going to review next? Let's go for Brandon Crawford. Seems about right. 
Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah.